policymakers and judges are completely out of line with the general population in the United States, particularly around abortion access. And this is something about you have to come in for a checkup visit. If you have your own OBGYN or family doctor that can send you for an ultrasound, you can absolutely do that. You do not have to tell them that you had an abortion. There's no way for them to know. People need to recognize we have modern medical care that is being denied to us. As the battle over abortion rights rages across America, lives are at stake. Barriers to reproductive health care access have forced many people to travel long distances and to cross state lines to freedom of choice for their body, for their future, and for ours. You'll hear the stories from the front lines, from those seeking abortion care and the heroes who helped them along the way, one journey at a time. This is Crossing the Line. In the months since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, 58% of all women of reproductive age live in the 29 states that have little to no access to abortion care. <laughs> actually, if you want to put your stuff right here, you can actually just uh, set yeah. it. Yeah, there we go. All right. Oh my goodness, who is this? According to Abortion Finder, there are 14 states in the U.S. without a single abortion services provider. For those seeking or needing a clinic visit, this means they have to travel hundreds and sometimes thousands of miles. Um, he stays at home with me and then I work, um, I'm not from here. How long would you drive? Three hours. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> if you just want to fold your shirt up and fold pants down and then you can actually just tuck this right here. Gosh, so you must be exhausted. Just a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Dr. Diane Horvath owns Partners in Abortion Care just outside of Washington, D.C. Until the Dobbs decision, she was also a traveling doctor, providing reproductive care for two clinics in Alabama. Yep, perfect. You're getting exactly where we expected you to be today. Okay. Let me do a quick note on your chart and we'll get you the pills. Abortion is often described as a surgical procedure, but that isn't the norm. In 2022, more than half of the abortions provided across the U.S. were medication abortions. And they said something about you have to come in for a checkup visit? Yes. Or do you have to? So we recommend that you have a follow-up of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, we get it that folks are really far away. Um, so one of the things that you can do is you can do a pregnancy test at four weeks. Mm-hmm. But I want you, if you still feel pregnant after a week or so from now, I want you to call us before then. Don't, don't wait. Medication abortion uses two different pills to end a pregnancy, mifepristone and misoprostol. After receiving a prescription, these medications are usually taken at home, not in a clinic. If you have your own OBGYN or family doctor that can send you for an ultrasound, you can absolutely do that. You do not have to tell them that you had an abortion. There's no way for them to know. There's no like blood test or anything they would do. You could just say something like, I was pregnant and I had some really heavy bleeding and I just Mm -hmm. want to know if it was a miscarriage. So you don't necessarily have to come up here. Okay. We'll see. I've I've already been to them and they know that I am. Uh Uh-huh. So I was planning on doing something like that anyways. Yes. Perfect. So. I was probably just gonna. A hundred percent. That's I just didn't know fine. If, would, if they would be able to tell if that's what I did. No, nope. this looks exactly like a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And really, the medicines that we give you are the ones we would use if you had a miscarriage that didn't come out on its own. 
Since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, online searches and general interest in abortion pills are at an all-time high. Perhaps for that reason, conservative groups have been targeting Mifepristone since the Dobbs decision last summer. That little pill, which is barely bigger than an aspirin, is the new frontier of the fight over abortion access in this country. Some advocates for reproductive rights say this decision may be even more devastating than the overturning of Roe v. Wade. This lawsuit is somehow trying to say that the FDA never should have approved this pill in the first place and that it should be taken off the market, which is a huge threat to regular abortion care in every single state, even though this, this case is being filed just in Texas. Elisa Wells is co-founder and co-director of Plan C Pills. Plan C is an initiative to shine a light on abortion pills as a modern medical technology that people can use to have an abortion in their homes. Access to abortion care has gotten so much harder in the United States since the fall of Roe in June of 2022. A lot of states then took action or had laws in place that were triggered by that to totally or partially restrict access to clinic-based care. We need an option for a safe, self-managed at-home abortion, a Plan C. And this solution exists, so why doesn't everyone know about it? The great news is that abortion pills are very safe and very effective. They've been around for decades. They were first approved in France in the late 1980s and then in many European countries in the 1990s and finally in the United States in the year 2000. And in fact, these pills are often available off of pharmacy shelves in many countries. And we know that people are going in, getting the medications, taking them home, and managing their own abortions at home. In countries around the world where abortion is illegal, women can take misoprostol and mifepristone, which together are 97% effective in causing an abortion in the first trimester. About 5 million women in the U.S. and millions more across the world have safely used the drugs. We deserve that kind of access. People need to recognize we have modern medical care that is being denied to us. Abortion pills are a really useful tool right now and a more broad reproductive justice framework. They are allowing people to have access to care in the comfort of their own home, which can be really empowering for certain groups of people who have historically faced discrimination in the medical field. As the Partnerships and Engagement Manager at Plan C, Amani Wilson-Shabazz uses social media to let pregnant people know their options. Having a big and a bold social media presence is an effective strategy for Plan C, especially it's going to make it easier for people to find groups, to be able to find information and to be able to access the care that they need. Hi, welcome to Plan C. Plan C is not a provider or a pharmacy, so we don't actually perform services. Instead, we created the Plan C Guide to Pills. The guide is a directory of services and resources currently available in all 50 states, from telehealth to hotlines to funding. Our research led us to compiling this one-stop shop for current information. You can just go online, you can fill in basic medical information on an online form. And if you have questions, you can talk directly to the clinician, but often that's not needed or you could text with them. And then the pills are mailed directly to your home in three days and you take them, have a miscarriage in your home. 
and have your abortion. People of color and low-income people are more likely to be on public insurance plans that aren't going to cover abortion, or they're more likely to be in states like the ones in the South that are going to be hostile towards abortion services. And the bans, they really don't stop people from accessing abortions. They just make it a lot harder to do so. Dr. Horvath agrees. I don't think that we can trust hospitals in these areas to give these patients good care and not involve law enforcement. To be in a place where no one's going to call the police on you because you ordered some pills online and you took your own abortion pills. There's been a huge chilling effect because people are afraid of being prosecuted for providing care. It's heartbreaking. What's at stake is access to this modern, trusted, safe, effective medication that's been approved for 23 years in the United States, and suddenly anti-choice extremists are saying, no, this should never have been approved and it needs to be taken off the market. I mean, it's baseless. It's ridiculous. It is a total political ploy to try to restrict access to abortion. Amarillo, Texas, now at the center of America's abortion debate. Here, a group of anti-abortion doctors and medical organizations are suing the FDA, challenging the approval of Mifeprex, generically known as Mifepristone. The lawsuit claims the FDA's safety review of Mifepristone was flawed. When it first came out, Mifepristone was better known as RU486. Did the FDA rush it to market? Absolutely not. In fact, the opposite happened. Most people who live in the United States don't even know about abortion pills, and they don't know how widely available they are in other countries. We hope to get to a place where they might be available over the counter. We know that their safety profile is such that they're safer than Tylenol. Why not have them more readily available so that it would take a lot of the politics of access off the table? California Governor Gavin Newsom lashed out at Walgreens today, saying his state will no longer do business with the nation's second largest drugstore chain. The move comes days after Walgreens announced it will not mail out abortion pills in 21 states where attorneys general warned the company that it risked breaking the law. Our biggest challenges right now are absolutely the legal landscape. Policymakers and judges are intent on undoing years of protections for abortion and contraception. Dr. Reagan McDonald Mosley is a practicing OBGYN and the CEO at Power to Decide. Our vision is a world where everyone can define their futures, where the systems of support and services and cultural norms are aligned so that people have access to information and services that they need to achieve their reproductive well-being. If we had policymakers on board with this mission, we could work together to break down unnecessary barriers to critical information about how our bodies work, about healthy relationships. We could work to make contraception and other reproductive health services more readily accessible. But this is not the case, right? Policymakers, and judges are completely out of line with the general population in the United States, particularly around abortion access. We know that there are some lawmakers that are already trying to ban access to contraception, specifically emergency contraception and IUDs. And this is completely out of line with what people want and certainly with what people need and is the antithesis of uh, public health best practice. We know that we can't rely on our court systems and our legislators to provide us access to what should be normal 
medical care. It should be available in all zip codes around the country through mainstream medical services. If we truly wanted to put our public health energy into improving the reproductive well-being for our citizens, especially those with the most barriers and the most challenges to care, we would make sex ed universal, we would make contraception readily available, and we would also make sure that people had access to abortion when and where they needed it. It's really shameful to be in a democracy that is not providing basic medical care to every one of its people living here, right? We know that these pills are safe and effective, and they need to be more directly in the hands of the person who needs it. So in the face of judges and courts that are cutting off access, we want to spread the word that these pills are available. They will still be available in every state through alternate routes of access. And it's a very disruptive thing that people can do to share that information and spread the word to try and counter these unjust actions of our politicians and judges and anti-choice extremists that are trying their darndest to prevent abortion, but it's not going to work. We will prevail. This is Crossing the Line. This podcast was brought to you by Population Media Center. Executive producers are Lisa Caruso and Alex Demenenko. Production coordinating by June Neely and associate producer is Domenica Ruelas. This episode is produced by and impact strategy is led by Charity Twos. Written by Lynn Hughes and edited by Bruno Falcon. With production services provided by Pidge Productions. And original music is by Valerie Ortiz. Narration is read by Tatiana St. Fard. Special thanks to Dr. Diane Horvath. Alisa Wells and Imani Wilson Shabazz from Plan C Pills, Dr. Reagan McDonald Mosley and Power to Decide, and of course, to all those who shared their stories with us. An additional thank you to our partners Power to Decide, AbortionFinder.org, and Plan C Pills. Check out ctlpod.com for abortion resources and ways to take action. Subscribe and review CTL Pod on Amazon, Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. 